This year, those nominated for best performance by an actor are Walter Matthau in The Sunshine Boys. Jack Nicholson in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Al Pacino and Dog Day Afternoon. Maximilian Schell and the Man of the Glass Booth. James Whitmore and Given Hell Harry. And the winner is Jack Nicholson and one floor over the cooker. I guess this proves there are as many nuts in the academy as anywhere else. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> since you gave me the chance, uh, I'm really happy to get an opportunity to thank Saul and Michael and uh, Louise and Brad and uh, Lawrence and Bo and uh, all of the guys in the company, all of the Phoebe's brigade. And uh, I'd like to thank Miss Pickford, who incidentally, uh, I believe was the first uh, actor to get a percentage of her pictures. <laughs> uh, and speaking of a percentage, last but not least, my agent who uh, about 10 years ago advised me that I had no business being an actor. Thank you. Welcome everyone to Retro Film Dangle, episode number 30. This is our Jack, 70s Jack Nicholson episode. Uh, and it's taking place on the 4th of July, so I thought I'd retitle it 4th of Jack Lie. Yeah, it took me a few minutes to wrap my head around that one. Well, it's it's one of those um, that doesn't look good in the written word, but when you say it, it's like, oh, get it. Read it. Mm -hmm. Well, the three gotcha. movies that we picked... <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to skip right over the uh, the apology section. Apology for what? Why well, I've been waiting quite a while. <laughs> we <laughs> we covered uh, three movies this week. What, <laughs> what what are you talking about? You've been waiting quite a while. What do you mean? I don't know. This uh, episode uh, I believe was scheduled to happen last week. Yes, it was. Mm. And I had a uh, sinus thing. I, I thought it might have been a sinus infection, but it was just a sinus thing, I believe, where the pressure built up so much in my sinus cavity that it was creating this wave of headache that was going through my skull. And as I was trying to cram five easy pieces uh, last minute into the into the show or to watch it before the show, I realized I'd still had to uh, do the outline and uh, set up the StreamYard thing and that. And I'm like, you know what? This headache is just not going away. So, well, the outline had been set up, so you didn't have to do that. 
Mm, had it? Yeah. Mm. And I do believe I was the one who put the outline together. Mm. I didn't get an outline from you. No? No. <laughs> we do so two what outline are you, what outline are you looking at? I'm looking at the outline I did today. <laughs> oh, because there's been an outline sitting here for you know a week or so. Uh, this again uh, it was definitely shared mm, I don't even know where the hell was my email oh I have to look all the way back to last week let's see an email from Rambox nope I don't see it it's there when, what day did you send it on? I don't know. Does this tell me when I sent it? I just click share and I put your name in there and I click OK. I didn't get did any email. records of that. Nope. Oh. Let me even check my. Sometimes I click on things accidentally and I don't. Nope. 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 I don't know. I nope. guess you're just not very good at using a computer. The last email I got from you was episode 147 on May 19th. Oh, something, something funny with your memory there. It's not memory. It's what I'm reading right now in front of me. Uh, <clears throat> you can send it to me now, even though I did a, another outline that I sent oh, you. And you enjoy your outline. You enjoy it. All right. Why not? Uh, okay, yeah. So we're going to talk about five easy pieces, the last detail, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Three of Jack Nicholson's best movies from the era, in my opinion. I think so. Did you also watch Chinatown? I didn't. I was going to, uh, again, but uh, I didn't uh, uh, get around to it. My mom um, had a round to it. It was it was this little um, it was some thing you buy in a gift shop. It was a round, a round piece of wood, and it said "to it" on it. And it was like, oh, I got a round to it. Now I can do all those things I wanted to do. It's like a jump to conclusions, Matt. It's pretty pretty bad, but they probably made. She more spent money. money on that. Yeah, and and the people who made it probably have made more money on it than I will ever make in my lifetime. Hmm. So good for them. Um, what the heck were we talking about? Oh, yeah. The movies. Jack, right. Jack, Jack, Louis, Jack Louis, Jack Lye. Jack Lye. Jack Lye. Right. Very clever. Yes. Yeah. Alright, let's just start. Uh, we're going okay. in chronological order. Um, we are? Yeah. I went with the uh, order that we've been saying, the last detail, five easy pieces, and one flew over the cuckoo's nope, nest. we're going in that order, because uh, I, I actually sent you my outline. You didn't send me your outline. So well, I sent you my outline. My outline trumps your outline. I sent you, don't say that word, I sent my outline uh, over a week ago. Yeah, but you didn't send it to me. I did. Who, I don't, who, who else do I send these things to? I don't have it i'm looking at my email and i got nothing from you i was sent what it day was, was sent. it sent on i last week 
That's that's seven like a week ago. One that's week seven. ago. I don't have anything from you here. Uh, Nothing. I, I noticed that you didn't have to skip any other podcasts in the past week. Oh, because I was feeling fine on those days. <laughs> now you're going to make me sit here and search. For, okay, this, this is like boring. Nobody wants me to sit here and look through my email. I don't see anything. I'm looking all the way back. I'm, to just, I'm not asking you to, to search. I'm just saying it was sent. All you have to do is acknowledge the fact. How can I acknowledge no, it when I don't see anything here? I can't acknowledge it. I don't have any scent. There's nothing it here. Scent. It it's not sent. here. I sent it. I don't even have. Let me see. Let me go into Google Docs and see what was shared with me. This is such like nobody cares. All right, I'm moving on from this. This is ridiculous. From Maine to California, you sit atop a rig with 13 Ford Speeds and 300 horses. And when the run is over, that's when Miller time begins. Time to stretch out and head for the best tasting beer you can find. America's quality beer, Miller High Life. If you've got the time, we've got the beer, Miller Beer. All right, we're going with five easy pieces. Five easy pieces. Okay. Your rundown of five easy pieces. Um, hang on, I have to go to the middle of of this now because that was the order it was written in. A dropout from upper class America picks up work along the way on oil rigs when his life isn't spent in a squalid succession of bars, motels, and other points of interest. That's exactly what I got. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> because you're using the one that I sent you? Nope. You just blocked it out of your memory? Nope. This is the one I made up. Uh, I know it because I put the StreamYard link in here for you to click on. Yeah, I was waiting for, yeah. for this thing. I was sitting around oh, waiting I put like three, four minutes. I sent you the, uh, the film stars Jack Nicholson, Karen Black, and Billy Greenbush. Director is Bob Ralphison. Runtime is one hour and 38 minutes. Box office. This uh, The budget was $1.6 million and no idea what the box office is. I didn't, didn't hmm. say, unless you have that information. Nope. I have dollar sign worldwide. Right. That's what I got, too. Hmm. Very oh, similar outlines here. Let's see how the fun facts work out. Let's see. Uh, the title Five Easy Pieces refers to a book of piano lessons for beginners. <laughs> that is the first thing I have online. All right. Give us your second. Uh, when Dupi goes to quit his oil rigging job, the loud whirring of machines can be heard in the background. The, uh, this identical sound effect was used by George Lucas the trash compactor scene in Star Wars. Yeah, I did see that one. I didn't think it was very good, so I didn't add it. Mm. That's the only one that I recognized, so I put it down. Uh, the traffic jam on the freeway was shot on a new and unopened section of Interstate 5 near Bakersfield, California. Yeah, people care more about Star Wars than I thought. I thought that was kind of traffic. cool because uh, the, the amount of extras and everything it took to do that, because that was like a real traffic jam. Well, you got everybody on crew. It said, go park your car. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, okay, give us your third. 
That, that's all I have. Oh, that's all you have? Uh, the moment yeah. at the end of the diner scene where Bobby sweeps all the glass off the table after arguing with the waitress was inspired by Jack Nicholson actually doing this himself once at a coffee shop. When the manageress took his coffee away, despite him only having just arrived because the group of fellow actors he joined had been there for hours and were told and being told to leave. So he smashed his coffee cup on the floor? Yeah. It was, uh, it was inspired by a real-life event. That's and not surprising. The final one, uh, the, mo the movie's conversation, you want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees, between Jack Nicholson and the waitress, was voted as number 98 of the 100 greatest movie lines by Premiere in 2007. I've never heard this line. Did you watch the movie? Would you like to talk about the movie? Did you watch the movie? <laughs> I did turn it on. Okay. Did you watch I the also, movie? I also turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Did you how far did you make it? Um, is this the first one? The chronological because I did watch them in chronological order. This is five easy pieces. Okay, yeah, five. This is the first one. Um, I, I started it up. You had an extra week, by the way, to watch this. I, I, I am aware of that. Uh, I believe I got about 45 minutes in. Okay. Yeah. And is there a reason why you stopped it 45 minutes in? Yeah, and it, it confirms a theory of mine that I had going into this month is um, I'm not really a fan of Jack Nicholson. I think Jack Nicholson is a one-trick pony. Uh, he's very good at his trick. He, he, he knows how to play uh, an unlikable, angry, um, bitter, over-the-top, always complaining, always ready to fight jerk. And it seems like every movie he's in, that's his character. That's him in The Shining. That's him in, um, what was that other one we watched? Last um, no, no, no. The, um, the one we did before oh. with Helen Hunt. Oh, as good as it gets? As good as it gets. He, he's that character there. And, and, you know, all these movies, he's the same guy. He's, he's good at it. You know, when, when you need that character, he can fill that role. But I find him as a person quite unlikable. Um, so I imagine that, that that's just who he is. It's kind of like uh, Schwarzenegger's the same in everything he does. That's what he does, you know. And if the movie is, is uh, good, it works really well. And I think this movie is uh, competently shot and, and directed and, and everything. I just found him extremely grating. And I know that's kind of the point of the movie, but I, I just couldn't tolerate seeing this character go around and, and belittle his girlfriend and constantly pick fights. And, you know, there, there was nothing there for me to latch onto with him. That there was no reason for me to root for him or, or to sympathize with him. It's just a series of scenes of him constantly fighting and complaining and and using people and 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't find anything attractive about uh, his character. So after about 30, 40 minutes of it, I'm like, okay, I still don't like this guy. This movie's just going on. Shot very well. And, uh, you know, I'd say even directed well. And, and all the scenes are effective. But I just, eh, I couldn't uh, tolerate being around that character anymore. I didn't want to follow his adventure <clears throat> or his story. So I turned it off and then... Once uh, I found out that, and then, then I watched the other two movies and then I figured I'd go back to it and I couldn't summon the desire to, to continue. And I, I watched like another 10 minutes of it and it's just, no, couldn't, mm. couldn't sink its hooks into me. Well, any sort of um, attempt to make the character more relatable is in the back half of the movie. Mm. Uh, when you find out who his father is and uh, get a better understanding of who he is and why he is the way he is. Um, and I, we go into spoilers in this, so I'm just going to go into spoiler mode and warn everybody. Um, the interesting part of the movie is that he doesn't like, there's no redemption for, for him. Like he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't really grow as a character. He doesn't really mm -hmm. change. And, and it was, um, at the time, like there wasn't too many um, movies like this, you know, again, like in the sixties and that, when they started changing the ratings and everything like that, um, they were, you know, trying different things with anti-heroes all the time and trying to, you know, tell different stories, tell more in-depth stories, stories with deeper characters than just your 2d two dimensional hero. And this is one of those movies that is um, a, a step, you know, like in, in, uh, making characters a little more interesting and instead of just the, you know, your standard, you know, movie hero kind of thing. And I really appreciate it. I really liked it. I remember watching this movie. I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. Um, I bought it in the, uh, on DVD like 15 years ago, but I don't think I watched it since I was a teenager. Um, hmm. And uh, I, I remember liking it then and I really enjoyed it. Now uh, the character who really, stood out to me more than Jack Nicholson actually was Karen Black. She um, was really Was fantastic. that his, uh, his girlfriend? Like the ditzy uh, girlfriend. Yeah. She's really fantastic. She's really um, relatable. When he meets up with his family and his family turns out to be just all these snobbish people who have like this preconceived notion, like they were still stuck in, like you need to marry the right kind of person and all that stuff. And he's very anti that. And, you know, a lot of the character is not easy to take it, and it is done intentionally. You know, um, he is he, he's grown up with privilege. You know, he's got so much opportunity, more opportunity than the average person. And he just throws it away. And none of it is appealing and doesn't make you like the character anymore that he just throws the stuff away or doesn't appreciate anything that's really done uh, for him. Um, but I don't know. I just find it a fascinating, fascinating character to watch. And I do see what you're saying. This is like one of the first times he's played a role like this. And yeah, he, I guess that did, did become kind of his thing, but I don't know. I find that there's enough nuances between the characters that, that he plays in, in different, well, like, sure, there are some similarities, but I don't know. It's kind of more like um, Bill Murray, you know, Bill Murray 
has like a few different characters that he goes to all the time, but I think there's enough nuance. Well, yeah, it's true of a lot of actors. They have their own things. And what makes it work is when the world around them, you know, complements the the character that they're doing. You mentioned the, uh, the girlfriend character. Was it, what was her name? Karen Black? Black is the actress. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the biggest part of it is that like he's constantly abusing her, like like mm-hmm. mental abuse and everything. So it's like I could see if he wanted to throw away his life, the 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 ritzy society life or whatever. I kind of gleaned a little bit of that 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 was going on. He goes to visit. Uh, I think it was his sister. She's playing the piano. Um, but, you know, it, it seems like he's not happy anywhere. You know, and, and yeah. if that's the character, if that's the point, yeah, I get it. It's just, it's it's not, I don't know, it feels uncomfortable to sit there and just watch angry people. Uh, feels like I'm watching some reality show. It's just some white trash. It's just. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's, I suppose is a lot of it is that, you know, these people put on these, um, you know, this front that they're they're there's something more special than than the rest of us when really like they're really not they have a lot of money you know hmm. want to hang out with only other people who have a lot of money um and he doesn't always get what he wants you know and i don't know i just, i've always thought it was a, a a good a good movie and i don't know it has a bunch of good solid jack moments in it you missed one of the best uh the chicken salad pl- uh it, it's just one of the best scenes best moments but i suppose if you don't like jack nicholson it's really not going to do anything for you i don't know um it's hilarious i love it though i think it's hilarious uh it's unfortunate that you didn't get to that part um yeah uh, yeah. well that's i guess that's one that uh one that didn't uh hit it with fox yeah, yeah. It's like I can I can tolerate Jack Nicholson in in good roles in like a, a movie that you know the whole thing is is feels like a complete package to me. But this was just it was uncomfortable to to sit there and just like, it's gonna be Jack Nicholson yelling at people and and they don't fight back. <laughs> yeah, well, it like I yeah I guess I, like like I said it could be a fault of the movie that it doesn't it that stuff is on the back end. Um, well, I could see if it's, you know, 1970 and they're, you know, trying new directions, it's a different form of storytelling. And, you know, they want to go into this new style. A lot of people might've been caught off guard and like, well, what is this? And, you know, forces them to think, um, we're, we're seeing it. What? 50 years later. So yeah. it's like, okay, we, I've been exposed to this style of storytelling you know, right. before. So I, I've seen it in what I consider to be a more balanced package. Well, even like, I don't know. I just, I, I, what I've always liked about it is like, like, who is this guy? Like I, I've always, I, I kind of like stuff with deep characters. I like stuff with like, that's character driven, you know? And I wonder, like, as I'm watching, I'm wondering like, how is this guy who apparently has this ability to play the piano could, go and do other things and he's working oil rigs it doesn't make any sense like why is he doing this stuff and it, i don't know it, it, it sounds interesting enough I, I nothing against the deep character i just need helen hunt in there to tell him to shut up stop talking <laughs> about my kid yeah um yeah it it's uh I, I guess helen hunt sort of shows up 
later on, but it's definitely not like James L. Brooks. His um, he, he was more about comedy, you know, being light. He knew how, like, mm. he yeah, throw in a lot of lighter situations in there to balance that. Um, but as good as it get is, it's a much better movie than this one. But I still think this is a really great movie, and I think you missed out on some stuff. I don't know. I might I might finish it off one day, but I've I think I've, you <laughs> I've run into a number of films recently that I started watching. I'm like I can't finish this. When a man wears Old Spice, chances are he'll always get a warm reception. No wonder. A clean, fresh, masculine fragrance of Old Spice is a scent that women know and love. So when you're wearing Old Spice, the invitation is clear. It can really spice up your life. Put a little spice in your life with All Spice. Okay, uh, let's move on to the last detail then. There's nothing too much more to say. Last detail from 1973. I'll give my rundown, see if it matches yours. Uh, two Navy men are ordered to bring a young offender to prison, but decide to show him one last good time along the way. Are you still yeah. searching? Uh, I have to go back up here. Uh, yeah, we, we have learned to copy and paste from the same page now. Great. Awesome. So film stars Jack Nicholson, Otis Young, Randy Quaid. That was a surprise to me. I didn't expect to see Randy Quaid popping up in here. Mm -hmm. uh, director Hal Ashby. Uh, writing credits, Robert Town did the screenplay based on a book. I, I think all of these were based on books. Uh, Daryl Pon Ponixon wrote the book. Hour and 44 minutes. Um, budget and box office are both dollar sign million. I had a 2.3 no for the budget. I, I think no I box. just didn't look those up. 2.3? Okay. 2 .3? okay. I, did, I forgot to put the writing credits in, in mine too. So. Well, I guess this was the era of, hey, look, books are popular. Let's start making some movies off of them. Movies have always had a close relationship with books. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's you go all the way back to like Wizard of Oz or something. Yes, thirties. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the Disney films are based on, but a lot of them books are. I mean, you can't expect Hollywood to come up with ideas on their own, right? Mm. Okay, fun facts. The script was completed in 1970. 70, but, but contained too much profanity be, to be shot as written. Columbia Pictures waited for two years trying to get writer Robert Town to tone, to down, tone down the language. Instead, by 1972, the standards for, the foul. Standards for foul language relaxed so much that all the profanity was left in. But mine could are you, are you, you still want to say that I did not send you the outline? I would say I 100% I believe, believe that you did an outline, mm -hmm. but you did not send it to me. because I, I don't absolutely did. Okay, maybe you did, but I don't have it. I, I, I go to the, you know, send to contacts. Only one name pops up. I don't have it. Can't confuse it. A tamer version with less profanity was filmed. Filmed at, at the same time for, for television showing. Because of the amount of swearing, the entire movie was pretty, was much, pretty shot. much shot twice. Go ahead. What's your next one? Screenwriter Robert Town stated that the main reason the film had so much profanity was his view that this is how people talk. When they're powerless, they bitch. Since Budafuski and Mulvale 
don't agree with Meadows' jail sentence, they have no legal ways to help him and aren't going to let him escape and bring wrath upon themselves. Town also tied the film into the then ongoing Vietnam War, saying that everyone hides behind a title in the military, whether you're killing May Lee or taking a kid to jail. Did you have that one? I thought two comments on profanity was enough. John Travolta was strongly in the running to play Meadows, only losing to Randy Quaid at the last minute. Oh, no. Poor that guy. would have been a completely different film if it was John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the film failed at the box office, the studio re-released it, marketing it as a hilarious comedy with the tagline, what's the last detail? 300 beers and a barrel of laughs. That is so Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I was surprised. There's um, there's a poster for this movie, and it's like Jack Nicholson with a cigar, like with mm -hmm. the shirt off and the sailor hat on. It, it kind of looks like they're going for a right. stripes, goofy comedy thing. Meanwhile, the movie takes place in the winter. Nobody has yeah. off <laughs> at any point. Well, in the in the hotel when they're oh, that's they're right. In the hotel. Okay, that's right. Uh, the U.S. Navy would not allow Hal Ashby to film on their bases in Norfolk. So the on-base scenes were filmed in Canada. Happy 4th of July, everyone, by the way. Mm -hmm. Twice in the movie, the base in Norfolk is referred to as Shit City. And my final fun fact, the last detail features the film debut of Gilda Radner and Nancy Allen. There you go. Did you catch that? Did you catch your, uh, your gal? I did. I saw her. I was like, oh, look at that. She did do something else. Okay. She this had is another, another job that I watched as a teenager. I have not seen it since then. I really like that there is a quote in this movie that I, I have been saying since I've watched it as a teenager. I would never shit you. You're my favorite turd. It's one of my favorite lines in a movie, but I haven't seen the movie in a very long time. And I was happy to watch it again. And I was so happy to. I gave my younger self a pat on the back because I thought this was a really good movie. It holds up and I enjoyed it again. Richard, how long did you last with the last detail? Did you finish this one? Well, the first couple of minutes were rough because I had just come off of um, whatever five. that first movie was, five five easy pieces. Uh, and I did not have a good feeling. I was like, oh, is this just going to be an endless stream of, of terrible Jack Nicholson, you know, abusing people movies, which it was. But I enjoyed this one uh, quite a bit. Um, it, it, the first minute or two is exactly that though. There's someone, some officer is running around trying to find Jack Nicholson's character and you see him, he's, he's like half drunk, half asleep, smoking a cigarette, collapsed in a chair. He's like, Hey, the, uh, the commanding officer wants to see you. Just, you know, mouthing off and complaining. All oh, right. Here's the character again. But, you know, move forward, uh, learn the other characters, story starts moving and everything, and you see, okay, and then Randy Quaid shows up. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know he was going to be in here. That was surprising, because I, I can only think of Randy Quaid as, um, a, you know, National Lampoon's uh, Randy Quaid or the, the crazy man in the, in the woods shooting yes. crazy uh, conspiracy real, videos. Real Randy Quaid, yes. Real Randy Quaid. So to see him as a young, fresh-faced kid, you know, and apparently nominated for, for an Oscar for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
No, I enjoyed it. It's a nice, simple story. Like you said, it's the the two officers that are tasked with taking this guy to um, to prison, which uh, they're on like opposite end of the country or something like that. So it's just here's your prisoner. Here's a couple of guns. Um, take them. You know, take the train, take the bus, whatever you got to do, get them there. And at first, it's like neither one of them, the, the two characters, like want anything to do with this they don't want to do this job and that, that is like the last detail this is their you know their job the detail um of bringing this guy over and at first they they couldn't care less you know about the guy but they start to get to know him they talk to him you learn a little bit about him and what his condition is and and the whole thing is that he's going to prison for eight years for attempting to steal a donation box that had, I believe, $40 in it. Yeah. And he didn't even get the money. He didn't even get the money. He was just caught in the act, uh, which was a very nice thing they did with his character. Um, he, he's kind of a kleptomaniac. He's constantly right. lifting things. And the way the film is shot, you know, you, you get these nice wide shots where you see what's going on and there's some dialogue of uh, Nicholson and the other actor you know, talking and stuff, but then Randy Quaid is just, you know, you watch his fingers and he's constantly lifting things here and there, you know, stuffing it up his sleeve. Well, we should mention too that the donation box was for a charity that was a pet project of one of the uh, general's uh, wives. So mm -hmm. they want, she wanted the book thrown at him for, for right. this, but then the two of them, Jack Nicholson and Otis Young, they realized that this is a kid who actually has an illness. He's uh, been misdiagnosed. He's a, he's a kleptomaniac. He probably needs to be sent to uh, for psychiatric help to a psychiatrist mm -hmm. and not to prison for eight years. Right. Because their understanding of the prison is, you know, this guy's just going to get beaten in because they're sending it. He's a, a Navy officer. Mm -hmm. They're sending him to uh, like a U.S. Marine uh, base and there's a there's like a rivalry between all the military branches and they they do touch on that uh in one scene that was kind of misguided in the middle of the movie uh of you know there's this conflict between the the navy and the marines um so they know this guy's just gonna get it even rougher than he normally would in prison uh and he's he's like supposed to be only 18 or 19 or so so he's just well big chunk of his life being thrown away there the marines are are a branch of the navy they the you know navy marine but the marines well, are you know different form of right so they you know the regular navy is like lower class citizens to them hmm. um yeah they do have one scene and i'm kind of jumping ahead here but um where uh they're they're kind of getting stressed out over this whole thing and then Nicholson sees like a couple of uh, Marines in a train station, bus station somewhere, them going into the toilet. And he follows them in there to pick a fight, which he does. And I, I totally got warrior vibes. It was very much like that uh, bathroom fight scene in the Warriors. But how did he know that um, his other guys were going to come in there and help him out? Because he, he just walked <laughs> off. Yeah. He picks a fight with like four or five guys. Yeah, I don't think he did. Um, but just one more detail. Uh, so when they get this detail to take him, they re the army for or the navy for some reason gives them a week, and the base that they need to take him to is only two days away. So they decide as they start to like him more that they are going to use the time that they have to 
take them around and show them a, a good time and give them some life experiences. And I thought that was just a brilliant setup for, for this movie because then you get you know, all these... Like you gotta admit, even Jack Nicholson was likable in this movie. Even he, he was likable because you could see he was doing something for somebody else. He can still be gruff and aggressive, but you know he was attempting to help this guy out. And you know you, you see him smile once in a while. He's not yeah. just trashing everybody around him. Well, and he was always the um, instigator to you know, like he had to convince Otis Young all the time to no, oh, let's mm -hmm. let's let's take him here. Let's take him there. You know, we don't have to stri stick to rules yeah. uh, as much. And, and it started nice. Like, like it was a natural progression of, they don't care. Like, don't talk to me. The guy's handcuffed, you know, and they see he's kind of having a hard time. After all, they, they take a little pity on him. Like, all right, take the cuffs off, whatever. You're not going anywhere. And it's like little thing that like you want something to eat. You got to go to the toilet, you know, giving him the little basic niceties and then slowly learning about him. And I think he does try to run yeah. early on, right? He, like on the train, doesn't he like try to make a break for it? He freaks out. He freaks out because he freaks he out or something. They caught him uh, stealing something, and he just re regressed back to right, right, right. His former. That's when they see you know what's going on in his head a little bit, yeah. and decide to try to show him a good time and then it just like you know it quickly escalates into like all right we're gonna get you drunk we're gonna take you to a whorehouse we're gonna do all this and as they're hanging out together this randy quaid character who's very naive at the start of the movie because he's a young guy in that and they're giving him life lessons they're they're treating him like a younger brother and they're kind of the older brothers and they're you know showing him you know the ropes of what it's like to be a human being you know to be a man in the in the 1970s in america <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, it's funny because as randy quaid is growing as a character and is learning as a character they become very comfortable with him and they're like oh we don't have to watch him as closely we can leave the cuffs off of him we don't have to keep such a close eye on him they and when they take him out for that for the barbecue like the day before they they well even before that they take him to his mother's house right yeah and, and they're they're on the porch and like she's not home yeah. is there anyone else who might know where she is he says yeah the neighbor might and so he you know starts walking away they're talking yeah. it takes him a minute to realize this oh we let this guy out of our sight and then they go check on him hey, he's still there he's not gonna run but well, i love that scene where they finally so they're waiting outside for for randy quaid's mom it's their idea to take him to see his mom. And he's just like, okay, like he's just whatever. We'll do whatever mm -hmm. you say. And uh, when she doesn't, she's not there. She doesn't show up and they say, well, maybe we'll just break into the house a little bit and you can hang around in your old house and we can warm up and maybe she'll show up while we're sitting here. So they, they find a way into the house. And when they open up the house, they see that it's a complete mess. It's mm -hmm. in complete disarray. There's, you know, garbage and you know, the place hasn't been cleaned up in a very long time. And they realize that's what his upbringing is like, you know? Yeah, because like another... the whole time he doesn't sound excited to go see his mom. Right. Like they're basically like, hey, don't you want to go in? Don't you want to see? Her? He's like, yeah, yeah, all right. it's all right. This is the thing I love about 70s movies is that they don't, or even just older movies in general, they don't need, they don't feel the need to explain everything to the, to the audience. You know, like if this was a movie that came out today, one character would say, 
gee, doesn't your mom clean up around here or something, something like that would have to right. Be or there'd be a bunch of close-ups of like the empty vodka bottle and the needles yeah. and everything. Yeah. And instead, nobody says anything, and Randy Quaid just says, "I wouldn't have known what to say to her, anyways." Yeah, that's really amazing. nice. You know, and it's like you get it, you get it. You're not. It doesn't treat you like you're stupid. You know. Yeah, if you if you could follow the movie that far, you, you don't need your handheld. Right. So anyway, so later on when they're at the barbecue and he does, he does try to make a, uh, an escape attempt because he is becoming, uh, he's growing as a character, you know, and mm -hmm. he's realizing what a raw deal he is getting and how long six to eight years really will be. And mm -hmm. he decides to run. And I always thought that was, a, a well, a that was a really nice moment because th there's a lot of build up to it. You know, they, he says something like, you know, if it, if it were a nice day, we could have a barbecue at the park. So they're, they're doing their best. You know, at first it was them just doing little nice things. Now they are doing things that make them miserable in a way just to make him happy. So Kill they're, they're trying to, they won't, they don't want to drop him off just yet. Right. They want yeah. to the very last minute until they have to take him. Uh, right. So they're, they're doing their best. But then the same thing, you know, they're sitting around afterwards, they're talking and Randy Quaid's kind of on this different bench behind them and he's just playing with a stick. Um, and you see the gears turning in his head and he's like checking around, seeing if he can make a break for it. And the whole time that's building up, you, you kind of get a sense of what's going on. But at this point in the movie, the way it's been played out, I had no idea which direction it would go in. Like he could make a run for it and they could let him go or they could run after him. And I had no idea because the movie could have worked both ways, you know, whether they chased him or not. It was very much like the end of Vertigo, like when um, uh, they're going up the stairwell, you know, the, the, the church tower thing. It was the same thing. It's like I was thinking like the movie could end this way or this way and it would work in either case, you know, it wasn't one of those, I know exactly what's going to happen. That's, that's the strength of a good movie when, you know, you have multiple options and you really just don't know. Well, I, I'm glad that it ended the way it did, because I think that was a more natural, uh, more believable. It, it's more natural. Yeah. It, it definitely felt, makes more sense. Right. It felt, it, it would have felt, um, Hollywood, a little too Hollywood if it went the other a touch. Way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, well, it depends on how it would have been played off, but, but so basically at, at the end when, uh, spoiler alert here, uh, at the end when they take, um, Randy Quaid in and there's really nothing more that they can, they can do f for him other than, uh, when they did chase him down, they, they, uh, uh, got into a little bit of a of a scrap, and they I think they hit him on the head, right? So he was bleeding when he came. Well, he was running. They had a chase after him, and right. Nicholson but, pulled the gun uh, that they've had this whole time, and he didn't shoot him, but he did crack him across the head to get right. him to stop. And they didn't want to tell the commanding officer at the base that he had made an escape attempt because mm -hmm. that would go on his record and play against him, uh, you know, because in theory... They're, they're all saying he, he's got eight years, but he could get out in six years with good behavior. And that would definitely right. be good behavior if he made an escape attempt or would even, you know, they might even put him in uh, a, a, 
a worse holding cell or something like that because yeah it, it would have been worse right so jack nicholson who's been a bit of a more uh, a miserable character throughout the whole movie actually does something selfless and takes the heat saying that they actually um beat him up a little bit when it was unnecessary uh what's un, un what's the the oh, what's the word i'm looking for the police brutality thing i don't know unnecessary force anyways to to hit him and and so that was jack's character to move on but then i liked how like well randy quaid goes to jail and the other two just go back to doing their shit detail there was no like happy ending or anything like that it was just well there's a bit of a parallel going on because the entire movie as much as they complain about everything uh nicholson and and young they're, they've said multiple times, though it was, uh, it was Otis Young's character who said multiple times, Navy's the best thing that ever happened to me. He's always talking about how, you know, what a, a great life he's got in the Navy. Meanwhile, this is the example they're showing us of him having to, to drag this kid across uh, the country to get him to a prison. And at the end, he goes off to prison. And not a word said to him, which was great. You know, there's no last word. Like you said, it's not that Hollywood schmaltz of, you know, like, hey, kid, take care of yourself and, you know, all the blah, blah. It's just they drag him up the stairs and, and throw him in. Uh, but then they're walking back and it's like, well, you know, what is your life like in the Navy here? You know, it's, it seems like a miserable place to be. You know, he's in his prison. You're kind of in your prison. Right. Yeah. It was a good movie. All right. Well, good. Glad you liked that one. Uh, also an appearance by Carol Kane. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot. I was going to start off this uh, by saying we should change it to the uh, cast of Taxi before they... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. There's a couple of them in there. So. All these patties, pickles, 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 pickles. Cheese, oh. lettuce, and onion, sesame, all seed bun. I think they're describing a big. <laughs> to all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Say that again. To all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. To all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles, onions on a lettuce. McDonald's Big Mac, the big sandwich with the great big taste that everybody's talking about. Sesame seed bun, and we forgot the onions. Yes, it did. Yes, it did say onions. Are you sure? Then it's, it said onions. <laughs> all right. To all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. McDonald's Big Mac, the great big sandwich with a great big taste. <laughs> lettuce, pickles, cheese. Hey, that's your Big Mac. You deserve a break today at McDonald's. Where your dollar gets a break. Every day. Uh, One Flew over, over the Cuckoo's Nest from 1975. How would you give us our rundown? Uh, oh, wow. You know what? I don't have a rundown. Neither do I. I forgot to, I forgot to put one in here. Oh, did I? Is this a bit? <laughs> Are we doing a bit right now? Uh, well, it seems like somebody's doing a bit and just doesn't want to admit that you took the outline that I sent you. I'm reading my outline right here it has even more information i don't have who wrote thing i i I don't have i don't have enough jack nicholson goes to a mental institution and most likely he is uh, he is a transfer from another prison and they think he's faking um 
a mental illness in order to get out of regular prison right. detail so he can just relax in a nut house. Right. That's pretty much it. And then he learn he meets the uh, inmates and learns what it's like, what it's actually like inside a nut house, Men mental institution. Sorry, right. going with the seventies terminology. Nut house is very Fred Sanford of you, sure. I, I I watched a whole bunch of seventies movies. There's a lot of colorful language in these there films. Is. Yes, film stars Jack Nicholson, Louise Fletcher also got some Deep Space Nine in there, and Will Sampson. Director is Milos Forman. Runtime is two hours, 13 minutes. Uh, budget was $3 million, And this movie made a whopping $1.9 in the 70s. This was a huge, huge hit. What was the writer? What was the writing credits? Uh, writing credits, Lawrence Hobbin and Bo Goldman did the screenplay based on a novel by Ken Kessie. That's right. Ken Kessie. And while it stars Nicholson, Fletcher, and Sampson, we also have Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, and Scatman Crothers. And uh, that other crazy looking guy. Well, the guy from uh, Goonies. Appear, uh, he's in this. Right? That uh, really. The uh, Chunk. The guy who went on to play Chunk. The the kid? Not the kid. Not Chunk. Maybe it's Sloth? Not Chunk. Sloth. That's it. Sloth. Right. The, the guy who has a very distinct face. Who has yeah. appeared in a lot of different films. Yeah. And uh, the, that other uh, crazy guy. When you couldn't get. Christopher Lloyd, you got this guy. Uh, he died. Oh, the guy with the big nose? Uh, what the heck's his name? I know oh. the guy with the nose. I think he's in Ghost. Yes. yes he's, one of the, right? yes. he's like the guy yep. screaming on the subway. Correct. Yes. That guy's been in a ton of movies. He's one of those character actors. Just, yes. I can't remember his name. Anyways, uh, fun facts. Will Sampson, who played Chief Bron Bromden, Chief Brandon was a park ranger in Oregon near where the movie was filmed. He was selected for the part because he was the only Native American the casting department could find who matched the character's incredible size. He does a good job. Yes. Considering he was not an actor. Yes. Many extras were authentic mental patients. Correct. Uh, Louise Fletcher was signed a week before filming began after auditioning repeatedly for the role for six months. Mila For Foreman had her had told her each time that she wasn't approaching the park correctly, but kept calling her back. Uh, during filming, a crew member running cables left a second story window open at the Oregon State Mental Hospital and an actual patient climbed through the bars and fell to the ground, injuring himself. The next day, statesman journal the Statesman Journal in Salem, Oregon, reported the incident with the headline on the front page, One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest. Very good. They could uh, do that at the time. Yes. Director Milos Foreman relied heavily on reaction shots to pull more characters into scenes. In some group therapy scenes, there were 10 minutes of Jack Nicholson's reactions filmed, even if he had very little dialogue. The shot of Louise Fletcher looking icily at Nicholson after he returns from shock therapy was actually her irritated reaction to a piece of direction from Foreman. <laughs> That's good. There you go. Uh, Louise Fletcher was so upset with the fact that the other cast members could laugh and be happy while she had to be so cold and heartless 
that near the end of production, she removed her dress and stood in only her panties to prove to the cast members she was not a cold-hearted monster. We've read the same things, but picked the different ones. This is good. Yeah. When filming the fishing scene, all of the cast except Nicholson got seasick. What made it worse for them was it took a whole week to shoot it. Danny DeVito still gets queasy thinking about it. Author Ken Kessie was so bitter about the way the filmmakers were butchering his story that he vowed never to watch the completed film and even sued the movie's producers because it wasn't shown from Chief Bromden's perspective as the novel is. Years later, he claimed to be lying in bed flipping through television channels when he settled onto a late night movie that looked sort of interesting, only to realize after a few minutes that it was this film, he then changed channels. Meanwhile, that guy is rolling in dough from this month. Like, he doesn't do anything. Mm. He wrote that book, and he gets royalties from the book and this movie, and that's it. That's how he lives his life, just off the royalties, off those two things. He complains about it the entire time. He yeah. is Jack Nicholson from Five Easy Pieces. Yeah, pretty much. He's very uh, – I've seen interviews with him in that. He's very uh, much a hippie. You know, he's a lot. A lot of authors tend to be very protective of their their work. Yeah. They don't like the way it it uh, flows when they turn them into movies. And one of the like, like a lot of times you think like the hippies are very, um, you know, peace and love and laid back, relaxed. But then there's those hippies that are like really like they're they're kind of got the peace and love thing, but they're also really obsessed with money and who's getting what and how's getting. <laughs> Jackie on the uh, Howard Stern show. That's what he reminds me of. Okay, my Milos Foreman would roll the cameras when the cast members didn't know it, so he could capture the real moment. As a result, the film's final scene was shot in one take, whereas the party scene took four nights. At the time, it was the seventh biggest grossing film of all time. That's crazy. Okay, here's my final fun fact. Cuckoo's Nest is the second of only three movies, the other two being It Happened One Night and Silence of the Lamps, to win every major Academy Award. Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Director, Screenplay, Adapted or Original. Ooh. So this is a good movie. It's, well, according to the uh, Academy. Mm -hmm. so, I do enjoy this movie. I've always liked this movie. This is probably about my fourth time watching it. Although I do have two big hangups about this movie. Two things that really just kind of bother me about it. Even though I like it, I like the performances. I like all the characters in it. I think the, you know, the 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 writing and everything is just great. I got two problems. Well, before you really uh, reveal those problems, I'll say I also enjoyed it. My first time watching it, loved Louise Fletcher in this. She is the star of the show for me. Uh, never seen such an icy cold villain. <laughs> I love when, I love when they're calm like that. They don't they don't get uh, all aggravated. Mm -hmm. And I I never thought I would say this. I'm just jumping into a spoiler a bit anyone who hasn't seen it but um I, I never thought i'd be so satisfied to watch somebody choke another person on camera <laughs> <laughs> it's like so oh it was yeah gratifying yeah and and yeah it wasn't like um you know she yeah <laughs> 
the one thing about her character though i i will say uh, maybe this is a third little gripe i have this is a minor one though is that she kind of is she just doesn't like jack nicholson right she just doesn't like yeah. him. Mm -hmm. she thinks that he's just there for nefarious reasons and but at times she's a little bit um evil just for the sake of being evil you know yeah well she has her power trip and i right. think that's it he came in and he was threatening that he right. was almost exposing her yeah. uh and she took advantage of the situation to just play off his anger and basically very calmly just you're getting angry well all i have to do is say one word i have this little fact to back me up and it just completely derails him nope no tv the vote is done you know um so so she's very very calm and cool but she is very like she, she I, I mean you go to the end of the film and what happens to him that mm -hmm. is extreme yeah. <laughs> that is extreme evil yeah well and yeah like they were all ready to send see that's the thing so he's doing this thing to get out of the work camp thing closer towards the end of the movie they're all figuring out that this guy's faking it he's obviously not mentally ill he's obviously faking it because he has it he, he has it all too much together and they're right. ready to let him back tell, tell him to go do his work detail and he only had like a year left on his sentence or something like that or mm -hmm. a year or two not too much meanwhile if he stays in the hospital she could keep him there indefinitely until she right. that he is healthy enough to leave and she convinces the rest of them to keep him there and that's where he that's where he loses it that's when he realizes that he has lost the battle against mm -hmm. him, as ultimately she has to say on whether he stays or he goes and she keep him there until she's good and ready to let him go and that's where they give him that old uh i guess it was um was a lobotomy right at the end it uh, seemed like it because yeah, uh, yeah. they earlier on he goes in and he has this like shock treatment where they right. they buzz him and he comes back all frazzled um it's but I, I was pretty sure like it, it it's a dark scene he comes in he's laid down and then the chief goes over to him lifts him up and i think yeah you could see yeah. the, the scar and he he was just gone yeah he was not he was not there and she did that to him which yeah uh, that's but, a bit extreme one part that bothered me though is uh right at the end of the movie when he, he's getting ready to go he's got the key to the window they're having a party there's nothing stopping him the window's wide open it, it cut today and he's just collapsed on the floor right right in front of the window you know he was so close like what what stopped him from getting out that window um wasn't it the kid the the kid who um well yeah but he sets him up like there was the kid and he, he's you know he brought in some ladies to uh entertain the kid right. and he's right there next to the window it's like yeah. Yeah. how long yeah, are you gonna stick around yeah, you know? he, he there, yeah he did he did stay there for a little too long um but and uh, just to get back to the, the relationship between the two uh i know we're jumping around a little bit but that's what we do um he was he was showing her too how his like she was very regimented like you, they can only do these things they can't do these things they can't do this can't do that mm -hmm. and when he takes him out on that fishing trip and shows them all a good time and shows them how like everybody was fine you know they went out they went fishing they 
and you know you can you can do those kind of things too you know you don't have to like sure the the stuff that she like again she's a little bit like uh walter peck and ghostbusters she does have some good points she does have some good uh things like there are some patients there that probably can't take uh a change in their schedule they are used to the routine mm-hmm. they are used to but when they put it to the vote you know that was like well the majority kind of rules and there was a lot of them that were uh, able to adjust and uh, they're the ones that should be able to go out on stuff like fishing trips and that. well they they did have they introduced the bus earlier that some of them who are able go out on these things and i imagine maybe they just drove them in a circle yeah, and then brought them back yeah but Wherever yeah like they they the had some kind of a system there where some patients go out some patients stay back but you know he was bringing it to an extreme and yeah. Again, she's just not happy with uh, somebody questioning her power or upsetting right. her routine. And plus, he had a, a bet with uh, another uh, patient that he could drive her nuts too, that he could get mm-hmm. her right because the one guy was like, "Oh, you just do whatever she says," and he's like, "Hey, uh, you want you want to see me uh, uh, make her go nuts?" And but ultimately, she had the last say. Okay, so let me just get to my two uh, gripes with this movie. Um, number one is the whole, this, this really bothers me in order to make him seem, uh, likable. Like, you know how like Randy Quaid in the last detail, they had this, this great thing, great reason for him to be in this situation that wasn't necessarily his fault. And they try to do that in one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but the excuse they give is statutory rate. You know, it's just kind of like. Yeah, he's in jail yeah. for eight years. But, you know, it's only because, you know, he slept with a 15-year-old. So it's not that big of a deal. Right, guys? Wink, wink. And that part, I... Yeah, that, that did stick out. And, you know, the way he plays it off, it's like... I think he makes a comment. It's like, yeah, she was 15, but when you're right there, it's like, yeah, you know... And it's like, you know what? You know what I mean? Statutory rape, dude. I don't care. Like, that. That doesn't make you more likable. Um, And the second thing is that, again, like a lot of people just say, oh, like when they watch movies, they say, oh, it's just a movie. But when you have like a big movie like this that makes a ton of money and wins a ton of awards, it speaks to people and it can actually change things. And this movie actually changed psychiatry, stunted it, I would say, for at least 30 years in uh, electroshock therapy, the way that they presented it in this movie um and you know they did it with purpose you know to show like the the character going through through hell because he you know because of this war that he's having with this nurse and you know they just strap him down and they give him electricity to the forehead Uh, but that's not how it's done uh you're given a local uh anesthetic and you are it's it's a painless procedure and it was actually at the time in the 70s they were making major headway uh, with the treatment for people who are suffering from depression. And after this movie came out, a lot of people uh, who had relatives or loved ones in um, in uh, mental institutions started saying, hey, I don't want you giving, you know, my, you know, whoever is important to me, I don't want you giving them electric shock therapy. Mm. And it actually, they a lot of places just stopped the practice and they lost a lot of, uh, research and data along the way that they were making major headway with it. Um, 
now that that has like within the last 15 years or so they have started to get back into doing it and a lot of people have been seeing the benefits of it but i just think of all the people that would have had this benefit if this movie really treated electroshock therapy with a little more respect the lobotomy thing sure okay fine you know um i i, I get that but uh you know so that's another thing that's just kind of you know and it's the same like this joker movie that came out and i have an issue with that that movie as well even though it doesn't seem to have uh changed the uh, the viewpoints of mental illness as much as i thought it might because it was getting you know some major rate uh reviews in that but again it's one of those things in movies that's just like you know there are things that they portray in movies that just become uh what people believe are fact that this is must be the way it is this is how it is and really a lot of things they do in movies is for dramatic uh, effect you know are you telling me that if i shoot a taxi cab with a pistol it's not going to explode it is not and they prove that all the time that's what that show is based on right that uh what's that show called Mythbusters. that's what that show is all about bust, busting all these myths that movies uh portray but people believe it as as fact so those are the two things that has bothered me with this movie and that's why i wanted chinatown instead of uh, one floor of the cuckoo's nest but i mean really 90% of this movie is fantastic. You know, it's other, other than those two things. And yeah, I, I mean, I think that's more of a movie thing. Why he st- stood in front of that window way too long. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to see what was going to happen to his friends. I don't know. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just kind of like fades or cuts and then yeah. the next morning there yeah. he is. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe he fell asleep. I don't know. Whatever. But, but, but yeah, it's like the movie itself is really, really good as a narrative. Uh, you, all little pieces here and there, rape thing, you know, you kind of have to accept that with the movie, but very fun time. Yep. And Danny DeVito, who I, who I like when I saw him, I was like, that guy looks a lot like Danny DeVito. <laughs> and then after a while, I was like, wait a minute, is that Danny DeVito? Yeah. That is him. Christopher Lloyd sticks out like, you know, mm-hmm. there's no mistaking him. Yeah, he's got a few lines. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, DeVito got a, a much uh, higher credit uh, than, than Christopher Lloyd did, but I feel like Christopher Lloyd did a lot more. Mm. I mean, that, his character was loud and, and DeVito is just squinty and, and quiet. Yeah. I don't know. Did they uh, put them in alphabetically? The, the patients or um possibly i really don't remember but yeah. i think no because it was like okay well maybe, maybe for patients i don't know all right well there we go two out of two yeah. out of three ain't bad i i know i got it uh on the other end from bill on five easy pieces too he did not like the movie at all he said it was hmm. boring um it's but boring I, it some parts are were a little boring. I could take boring. I, I didn't like um, grading, irritating. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, Bill's into. He, I mean, this was in the same breath as he was praising Star Trek Nemesis. So, what? Oh, so, oh yeah, it's like oh, the, <laughs> what the ships and how they move and all that stuff. And it's like five easy pieces sucks, but that Star Trek Nemesis, those ships can move. And, I mean, his favorite oh. movie, Top Gun, right? So. Top Gun is great. He's got, to, he's, got to, he's got to planes flying around shooting each other. Top Gun is not 
great. It's got some good. Top moments. Gun's a great movie because uh, Tom Cruise is so cool and he drives a motorcycle, white T-shirt. That that volleyball stuff. Uh, spin that. Are you jealous because you can't spin it on your finger like Goose or Iceman? Man. Uh no. Okay, I think that's it. I think we said it all. Yeah. Nothing else. I do have something. Oh no, no, I do. I did add a little thing down here at the end, uh, on my outline at least. Uh, it's called "What Did We Learn," and we're gonna say what we learned by watching these movies. For example, I learned that um, Sally Struthers and Carol Kane right. uh, did nude scenes to further their career. That's Nancy right. Allen did not, and that's why nobody knows who she is. <laughs> She was, she was supposed to play the, the Carol Kane role in that movie. She was uh, offered the role of uh, the, the right. young lady in the whorehouse, mm -hmm. uh, but she turned it down. But she got to be uh, Lewis. Where did All in the Family start? Because she's also in... Um, uh, what the heck's the name of that movie? Steve McQueen. The getaway. She's in the getaway, and she's got some risque uh, scenes in that. Hmm. Did you know? Did you know that's why Lisa Bonet got kicked off the Cosby Show because yeah. she did a, a yeah. risque movie. Bill got all high and mighty, and said, "Oh, I can't have a, a woman who uh, poses in the nude on my wholesome family TV show." Meanwhile, look at the stuff he was at up to. But that was that was secret. Nobody knew back then. And anyone, anyone who uh, is like just really obsessed with that stuff, they're up to shenanigans. And uh, hmm. every time they're up to shenanigans behind the scenes. Anytime they're uptight about all that stuff, shenanigans going on. Guaranteed. Shenanigans. Because they self-project. That's what people do. They self-project. Okay, well, that's it. That's all you learned. You learned about the nude scene. That was it. Well, I, I confirmed that I think Jack Nicholson is kind of a a guy I wouldn't want to be around. I was recently watching that um you know that clip when um uh what's his name Ving Rhames won a Golden Globe, but he gives it to to Jack Lemmon. Mm -hmm. And I, I was watching that um and when he's doing that, you know they're cutting to the audience, and Jack Nicholson is is there in the like one of the front tables, and he's got his sunglasses on inside. And when um, you know Jack Lemmon doesn't know what to do, and, and Nicholson's like, "Give it to me, give it to me, Jack." And he's like, like that, that's that's the kind of guy I imagine he is. He's just very funny. <laughs> no, no, just like kind of always a little alcohol fueled, and just thinking of himself, and I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was funny. I think that's funny. See, he's one of those guys. Yeah, you're right. I probably would not like him because he does seem to fly off the handle a lot. He did do that. Uh, uh, he did beat up a car with a, a golf club at some point. Really? But, but he's fun to watch. Uh, and that's, that's he, he's you know, good I mean, at what he does it's, when, it's, when he's in the right movie and it's got the right mix of characters and story. And you can have that. Uh, abrasive character and and have even have him be endearing like uh the as good as it gets or you know he's perfect joker you know mm -hmm. uh, yep put him in those roles it's like, it's like the favorite captain in star trek thing like a lot of people will say well who who would you want as your captain i, I always say 
like my favorite captain is Captain Kirk. And they say, well, who would you want? Who would you rather, Picard or, or Kirk? And of course, I would rather Picard being my captain because, you know, he's not as reckless as Kirk. But I'm not on the Enterprise. I'm sitting at home watching it on TV. And Kirk, to me, is way more fun to watch. So I don't, I don't care. I don't care what they're like. I want to have fun watching them. You're supposed to say, like, Archer. And then... No, you can have a stirring debate and no. defend your show. No, I, I'd rather watch him in Quantum Leap than on that show. Mm. That was a good show. I haven't seen that in so long. I wonder if that show still holds up. I watched them in the early 2000s because the station I was working at ran them on the overnights. And uh, the first couple of seasons really hold up really well, as far as I can remember. And then it starts to go off the rails and kind of understand why the show was canceled. <laughs> hmm. but there's the couple first seasons are really aces i'm also slightly curious to watch sliders no i don't me. i don't imagine that holds up well i never liked that show i like okay. the concept that's all you need good concept okay uh so this month i'm sorry we're recording this so late on july on jack lie the fourth of jack lie um but this month we're also uh, we're doing Josh versus Curtis, Pandango's finest. I didn't write down the movies we're supposed to watch. Josh and Curtis attack the block. It follows eighth grade. Attack Make the sense block of that if you can. Follows eighth grade. That sounds like a sentence almost. That's exactly what I have here. I have a sentence. Okay. Josh and Curtis attack the block. It follows eighth grade. So we don't know which movie. Josh picked and which movie Curtis picked, but one of our, our I think we can figure it out. Yeah, I, th I have a feeling, I have a feeling, but we'll see if we're right. Uh, so we're going to be recording that later this month. Mm -hmm. In August, I put on my uh, outline, it's Vox's I... pick. Oh, really? Yes, because I feel like as if uh, the show has been taken over by people from Discord and by me and all this. And I think, I think we should have, we should let Rambox have I a think moment. so too. That's exactly what I have on my outline. I put a few suggestions here. Let's hear them. Uh, one is just simply to do summer blockbusters. We're going into August, you know, you can channel a few blockbusters. Mm -hmm. um, Duke mentioned <clears throat> this movie, Dragon Slayer which uh, neither of us had heard of. So yeah. perhaps there's something we could do with that, you know, forgotten eighties or, you know, mm -hmm. we, we kind of just did fantasy with Conan, but I don't know, maybe there's something there. The other idea is simply to do Netflix originals, make it oh. easy on ourselves and just, oh. you know, continue the at home thing. Hmm. Uh, and just uh, see what's good on Netflix. Because I really haven't watched a lot of Netflix original movies. And I hear that there are some good ones. And I hear there are some real stinkers. I have to, like, I do my, I'm still doing my monthly uh, checkup with the, with the movies and that. And posting my stats and all that. And I do I'm, that too. I just don't post them. I'm really bad at uh, watching stuff off of netflix i i watch maybe one movie sarah watches it a lot so it's getting at least it's getting used but i really need to uh step up my netflix game so oh that's like 90 percent of my watching there i've gotten very lazy about putting discs into <laughs> machines well i i until this month i had a bit of an issue with uh, uh 
a cap, if you will, a uh, internet cap. So I've, I mm. fixed this month. It's it's fixed now. So, but yeah, I, I, I yeah, give it, maybe we'll take some suggestions of what to watch. I'm open to it because <clears throat> there's a lot of different genres and things in there. So, like I've heard people complain about things like that uh, bird. Sandra Bullock bird movie with the blindfold. I know, like, there's some things that people. Oh, I tr okay. People... I had to put in, I had to put in some clips at work from that movie, and it looks so bad. Looks yeah, bad. but then I hear good things. Like, it wasn't that um that Scarlett Johansson Adam Driver movie was that a Netflix movie? I think so. Marriage something. Sorry, that's a great movie. I love that. See, like, yeah, like you get ones that are really high quality good reviews and stuff so i imagine there's some good stuff out there so yes uh, listeners if there's any that you think are really really good out there on netflix we're not promising that we'll do it for august but if we get enough suggestions from people on what to watch from netflix maybe we'll do that in august if i don't uh, like your suggestions then i'm gonna pull oh, oh you know i did i looked up there and there's no movies up there anymore um and then i'll, I'll just pick something you got rid of your movies? My my movies are in a bag on the floor because I finally, look at that, put in an air conditioner. Oh, wow. Like in there. So good. I had to uh, take all my, my shelves down. Um, okay, well, that's good. I'm glad I uh, buttered you up now for August. Uh, September's still in the air. No one knows what's happening in September, but I have to I have to tell you something about uh, October. October, Django. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, I lost a, a, a bet. Lost a bet. Okay. And someone, how does this affect me? Well, the bet, what was placed on the bet was October's, uh, film Dango. Whoa, 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 whoa. Shouldn't <laughs> I have some say in this? It was very, it was a live stream. It was very last minute and, uh, I was put in a corner and I had no choice but to accept this bet. And the, the or bet. Or you could was, not accept the bet. I had no choice. 50-50. It, it would be egg on my face if I didn't, uh, if I didn't do it. And then uh, they were going to come after you. It actually, I actually did it to protect you. Like Jack Nicholson at the end of Last Detail, I did it to protect you, sir. Because they were going to come after you if I didn't uh, take this bet. So in order to save you, I took the bet. Unfortunately, I lost, and this person will now have control. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Go, go. You're bet. skipping a lot of details here. There's no details. Who is this it. person? What is this bet? What, what was the backing into the corner? Well, his name is Curtis, and uh, we just had a bet. We just bet something. and uh, On? What, what were the conditions here? Okay, well, here, hold on a second. Okay. Do you see this uh, this game and watch? Do you see this? Uh, yes. Looks okay. like a Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers game and watch. You see the two characters on on the cover. Okay, I imagine Mario and Luigi. Right. Now, what if I was to tell you that this game and watch is the first appearance, features the first appearance of Luigi? What if I was to tell you that? Yeah. Sure. What do I know? I don't know Nintendo history. Well, I this is what Curtis told me, and I said I didn't believe him because I remember I I know Mario Brothers, the game, the game Mario Brothers, you know, the arcade game, right? And 
Atari 2600 and all that. And Curtis is here in the chat. <laughs> so he's having his good old time. So I, I bet him that that was not true. Um, and it turns out that he was right, that this was released. Well, what year is this? This is from 1983. So is the arcade game. But this came out four months prior to the arcade game. Okay. So I, well, lost, I lost the bet. So uh, now, I'll say this. If you're going to challenge Curtis to handheld gaming trivia, you, you kind of just uh, accept the defeat. I just didn't believe it. That was all. I just didn't believe it. And then he backed me in a corner. He did. So how did how does this get out of it? Mean that I have to watch three terrible movies now. <laughs> well, he's picking them, so <sighs> he's picking them. I not I don't know what they are. He hasn't told us so what it's gonna be. You don't know anything about what it's gonna be? No, he just he's he's in control. So he's gonna he's pick, gonna pick whatever he wants for October. That's correct. What was this like? Come after me? What? How? How am I going to get attacked? I had to protect you. That was all. Okay, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Retro Fandango uh, number thirty. We'll see you next week with. Uh, oh no, sorry. Retro Film Dango. We'll see you next week with Retro Fandango. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else to say, right? We're done. No. Go watch some Jack Nicholson movies. Two out yeah. of three. I say all three is good. But Richard says only two is good. Two of them is good. Yeah. Uh, Curtis is, is promising that uh, what he has chosen for us are going to be the worst movies. Uh -huh, they're going to be the worst. Yeah. It mm -hmm. is October and it is Halloween and we usually pick horror stuff. Yeah, but Curtis recommended all these horror movies for the uh, secret Josh and Curtis thing. Mm. All right. That's it. I think we're done. Bye, everybody. Bye. I will stop this. Some people have a deep, abiding respect for the natural beauty that was once this country. And some people don't. People start pollution. People can stop it. Write for Pollution Booklet, Box 1771, Radio City Station, New York.